This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Well, again, if you consider yourself a visitor this morning, the Highway 71 Church of Christ wants to welcome you, and we appreciate you and your service to God, and we just love having you by our side as we worship our Creator this morning. You know, I hope this morning that you can look past my imperfections as a Christian brother. I hope that you can look past my imperfections as a speaker, my many flaws, and that we can focus on God's Word and that we can be encouraged by it this morning. As I reflect on the life of Jesus Christ, there's one thing that we can learn from him, and that he made disciples of himself. From the very beginning of his ministry, he would go out and he would choose men that could follow him, that, he could, that could learn from them and know his ways better. And not only would he choose these 12 men, but he would make other disciples of himself. And I think about the Apostle Paul. You know, as he was on his road to Damascus, the Lord struck him down. And he set his course on a different path. And as the Apostle Paul was preparing for his ministry, he would spend three years in the wilderness with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit would fill the Apostle Paul. And one of the things that it would tell the Apostle Paul to do in his ministry was to make disciples of himself. And as we know and have studied the Apostle Paul, all throughout his life, he would search out young men that would come alongside of him and learn from him. Jesus Christ, he knew that he would only live just a few short years before he would be taken. Apostle Paul was the same way. As you can recall in his letters, he just desired to be with every church all at the same time. He wanted to be in several places at the same time, but he couldn't do it. There was so much work to be done, but it couldn't all be done by him, could it? So what did he do? He cloned himself. He made disciples of him and Jesus Christ. And on his second missionary journey, he was going throughout the cities of Lystra and Derby, and Iconium. And he meets a young man named Timothy. Timothy was a special guy. There was not, that was not an accident because he had a special mom, a special grandmother. They were great examples to the flock. They loved the Lord. They loved the church. And they had great characteristic traits. They had great reputations. And Timothy, you know, he didn't fall far from that tree. And so Timothy, again, he had a reputation among the church that he attended. And other churches that surrounded the city that he lived in. And Paul took note of that. And said, Timothy, follow me. What did Timothy do? He said, here am I, send me. He dropped his nets 
didn't he? What does that mean to drop your nets? Timothy, we have to remember, he was a young man. There were probably ladies in his life that he, were, that he was pursuing. He wanted to help meet. He wanted to look for a wife. I'm sure there was higher education that he may have been pursuing. Maybe job opportunities. But you know what he said? Here's my net. I will follow you. That's what he did. In Acts chapter 16, we can kind of read about this. We're not going to take the time, but it says that as soon as these two men joined forces, that souls were brought to Christ. They were baptizing people daily. And they were going about from church to church, and they were strengthening people's faith. You know, Timothy was a special young man. He was so young. Do you remember some of Paul's writings? How he would tell Timothy, he said, don't let anyone despise you. Remember him saying that? He said, you just follow Jesus. You be an example. And he let that take care of itself. Remember how he would write to the churches, don't despise Timothy. He has proved himself time and time again. You see, he was willing to take on responsibilities that other young men and women, they would not do. But Timothy rose to the occasion. He set the, the bar high. If you're looking for a man to follow, look to Timothy. Look to Timothy. You know, the scriptures, they tell us older women... Teach the younger women. And this goes far beyond your household. It says other women, make disciples of yourself. Men, we are to look at these young men because they are the future elders. They are the future deacons, the teachers, the evangelists. You know, they say a generation is 15 to 20 years. And so if you're... 80 years old, you need to be discipling 60-year-olds. If you're 60, you need to be discipling 40. Think about the, the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience that we can gain over 20 years. And if we can hand that off to someone else so where they don't have to make all the mistakes that we did, wow, we are equipping the saints. We are saving them from so many mistakes. You see, if we do not hand off the torch and not prepare the youth, the generation before us, who's going to do it? The church will fail if we don't take on our responsibilities. You see, there's a reason why we have the example of Jesus and how he made disciples of himself. There's a reason why we have the example of Paul and how he made all these disciples of himself because we are to do the same. This morning, for a few moments, I just beg your attention. Because what we're going to do is we're going to look at this special relationship. As you can see from the title, Paul called Timothy my son in the faith. You don't just accidentally call someone your son, do you? <laughs> that was the kind of bond that they had. And what I want us to do 
is I want us to look outside of our homes and our own sons and daughters, and I want us to adopt other sons and daughters and bring them closer to God to equip them to be and to fill our shoes. And I think that by looking at the example of, of, of Paul and Timothy, that we can be strengthened this morning. Kind of what we're going to do is just look at a few characteristics to look how Timothy was in, affected in his life by Paul taking him on as a disciple. And I think by doing that, we'll be encouraged this morning. So the first characteristic that we want to look at when it comes to, to Timothy is kind of a responsibility that the Apostle Paul gave Timothy. In uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and 17, First Corinthians 4 and 17, it says, For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere and in every church. About a month ago, I was looking at this verse. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Paul commanded Timothy to go into Corinth and just remind them of a few things that they need to be reminded of. No big deal. But when you begin to really look at the context of this verse, when you really begin to look at what was going on at Corinth, what was Paul sending Timothy into? They were kind of a mess, weren't they? There was divisions among divisions among divisions. They were so confused. They were dividing themselves over the, the man that would baptize them. If you were baptized by Apollos, then you were followers of Apollos. If you were baptized by Paul, you followed him. And, and so it's like, they were so confused. There was fornication. Yeah, fornication among the church. They, had, they were so divided that they were even divided on whether or not you could eat meats that were offered to idols. They were dividing over that. They were confused about, the, about marriage and, and remarriage and divorce. In fact, they were divided on even when they partook of the Lord's Supper. If you were of the higher class, you would come in first. The peasants would come in after you, and they would partake on their own. And then we find that they would even drink so much food of the vine that they were getting drunk, getting drunk in the worship service. That's where they were at. They were so prideful that they wanted the very best of gifts. They weren't satisfied with doing the lowly gifts. Man, it's on and on we could go. Their services were unedifying. Have you ever sat to an unedifying service, worship service? Wow, that's no fun, is it? That is no fun whatsoever. And you know what they didn't believe in? Some of them didn't believe in the resurrection. They believed that this life was all that there was. And here Paul sends Timothy into this mess. 
I wouldn't have done that. No way, no how. Here you got this young man. He's so inexperienced. He doesn't have the wisdom of Paul. He doesn't have the experiences. There's no way I would send him into that mess. And then you think about Paul's care for Timothy. He thought of him as a son. I don't want my son to be discouraged. And that would be a discouraging place to be sent, wouldn't it? You're my, he, might, he might have quit. But Paul had confidence in Timothy. He says he is faithful in the Lord. You see, Timothy, although he was a young man, he was equipped for this challenge. And he would take it on and he would not quit. You know, I think about the Marines. My understanding, again, I'm very limited in my knowledge. My understanding of Marines is that they're a pretty elite fighting force. That they're kind of the first one sent into a battlefield. And their responsibility is to fortify that where others can come in behind them. And you see, if they fail, all is failure. And so there is a lot that they are responsible for. And one of their mottos is Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful. Where did they get that from? They got it from this chapter that we're reading out of right now. If we look at verse 2, it says that a steward of God is to always be faithful to be dependable, to be reliable. You know, I think about that uh, young men and young women. I think about myself. I think about myself and I'm so humbled. I'm so embarrassed because I would take on commitments and responsibilities. When the times got hard, I'd be like, can't do it, Dad, sorry. <laughs> or I'd commit to something and then something better came along. All of a sudden, it became very inconvenient for me. And so I'd step out of that commitment. And I'd let someone else handle it. Just embarrassed. But sometimes young people, their word just doesn't mean too much. But here is this young man that was willing to take on this challenge. And Paul didn't worry about him being confused by these various doctrines that were going on. He knew that he wasn't going to be tossed to and fro about every window of the doctrine, but that he had studied to show himself approved unto God and that he was ready for this challenge. And he stood in that challenge. When times got hard and when his stomach was aching in pain, you know what he did? He kept on going. When he was discouraged by all the mess that he was in, he kept going. He was faithful in the Lord. And may we follow that example. When the times get hard, let's buckle down. Let's remember the faithfulness and the reliability of young Timothy. Where did he get all that from? Where did he learn that? I'm sure he learned some of it from his mother and his grandmother. But he learned a lot of it from his mentor, Paul. The next thing we want to look at is mentioned in Philippians. If you'll turn there. Philippians chapter 2, 
verse 19 through 20. It says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort. When I know your state, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. I first want to look at this word, like-minded. You know, we think about David. Who was he like-minded? David of old. He had a heart like that of God, didn't he? He was so in tune with God's word and had such a prayer life that he developed a heart like that of God. Timothy was so in tune with, with the Lord Jesus and with the, with the Paul that, that he was like-minded to that of Paul. He was what you could call Paul Jr. You know, Paul told Corinth, and again, you just cannot separate Timothy from Paul. It's just hard to do because they were so like each other. Do you remember when Paul was writing to the church at Corinth and he was just talking about just a few of his persecutions? Remember how he said that five times I had been flogged? No, the flogging was called the halfway death because after they were finished, you were half dead. You were just inches away from losing your life. They, the Romans had it down to a fine art that they could stop just enough, just soon enough that you could still have life in you. Five times that took place. He was stoned. And when these guys were done throwing rocks at him, you know what they did? They picked up his, what they thought was his dead body and they threw him in the ravine. They thought he was dead. Have you ever seen someone that after they've been stoned? Have you seen their face? Have you seen their body? Have you seen someone after they've been ripped open? And been flogged? It is horrific. You know, Paul would write about how no matter where he was at, whether he was in the middle of the wilderness, whether he was in a city, whether he was with a, with a church, whether he was with the Jews or the Gentiles, no matter where he was at, he was always having to look behind. Why? Because people were trying to take his life. And on and on he talked about the persecution that he faced. And my point is, he said, that is nothing compared to the very thing that plagues my mind night and day. And that is the care of of the church. What motivated him to push through the pain and the anguish from all these persecutions was the love that he had for the, his brothers and his sisters in Christ, the love that he had for the lost sinner. What did he tell the church at Philippi? He said, Timothy has sincere care for the church. He is like-minded with me. You know, as we look at, at the life of Timothy, we have to look at ourselves too. You know, we can't look at the Word of God without letting it be a mirror 
to ourselves. And I just ask, do we sincerely care for the church? The only way that we can ask ourselves that truly is if we look at our fruits. How do we look at our fruits? Well, let's look at our calendars. What is our calendar saying? There's a lot of ways that we can care for the church. But we must continuously ask ourselves, what are we doing? What are we doing? Philippians chapter 2, verses 21 through 22, it says, For all seek their own, and not the things that are Christ Jesus. But you know that proof of him, that as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. The third thing that we want to look at is how Timothy was selfless. Paul taught Timothy how to deny himself daily and take up that cross and follow the Lord. You know, when I think about young men and young women, I think about myself at that age. All I cared about was Clint. You know, that spirit of servitude has not quite manifested, or manifested itself properly in our youth. As we, as we get married, we learn how to serve a spouse. As we have kids, it teaches us how to serve our kids. And as we get older, we're serving our parents, our grandparents, and our grandchildren. We're just serving everywhere we turn. That's how the Lord developed us. But we look at young Timothy. He dropped his nets gladly. And he followed after Paul. I cannot imagine the things that he gave up. But he gave up a lot. And I ask us, what are we giving up for the Lord? Are we willing to watch less television, spend less time on our phones, on social media? What are we willing to sacrifice for the Lord? How are we willing to deny ourselves so that we can better the church of Jesus Christ? Timothy gave all. He learned that from Paul, from following after him. I want to look at some of the last words. We read these words time and time again. And I wish that we had just hours of spend to look at all the ways that Timothy was an example and all the things that he learned from following after Paul, but we don't have that time this morning. But, you know, we read these words, and sometimes I read them, and I just don't understand the depth of their relationship. You see, Timothy looked to Paul as a spiritual father, just as Paul looked to, to Timothy as a son in the faith. And these would be the last words that the Apostle Paul would pen to Timothy more than likely. The very last words. And so I'm sure that he chose those words very, very carefully. What does he say here? He says, but watch thou in all things. Be watchful. 
Satan is everywhere. There are false teachers everywhere. Destruction is all around you. Watch. He says, endure afflictions. Paul knew the persecution that, would, that he had to endure, and he wanted Timothy to be able to endure those as well. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Paul was saying, my life is about to end, Timothy, my son. He said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course and I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all that love his appearing. Know that Timothy would be asked by the Apostle Paul to remain at Ephesus. He said, I want you to remain there. And it appears like he did so. You know, Ephesus was an important geographically location because there were so many churches that were affected by Ephesus. And so he wanted him to stay there and to help this church because we talked about idols this morning. Man, there were a lot of idols in Ephesus. There was that Diana. They were making pocket idols of this. There was a temple of Diana. Man, it was just all around. Paul was affected by this, and so was Timothy. Timothy would be fighting the good fight of faith. He would be making full proof of his ministry. And just like the Apostle Paul, he would be fighting against false gods. And there would be a band of men that would hate Jesus Christ. They would hate the ways of Timothy. And they would capture him. Historians say that a mob approached him and captured him. And they would beat him to death. They beat him to death. So you see, he claimed victory that day. Because like that of Paul, because Paul instructed him and trained him and gave him his wisdom, he was able to fight the good fight of faith and finish his course. He kept the faith. He made full proof of his ministry. He took that beating, and he did not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Apostle Paul was able to clone himself through Timothy because he died in a very similar way as that of the Apostle Paul. He lost his life for Jesus Christ. Discipleship is imperative. Who are we discipling? Who are we being trained by this morning? Let's remember that it's a powerful tool. Let's remember the relationship of Paul and Timothy and how Paul taught Timothy to be dependable and faithful in all things, to be reliable. Let's remember how Paul taught Timothy to care for the church to love the church. Because you see, if we don't love the church, we don't love Jesus Christ. Because it's his bride. Let's remember how Paul taught Timothy to be selfless in all things. So again, young people, look to Timothy. Follow after him. He has set the bar high. I thank you so much for your kind attention this morning. We have a song of invitation that has been selected. 
this morning, if you would like the prayers of the church, then this is an opportune time to come. Because the truth of the matter is that we are all sinners here. We are all in need of prayer. And this is a time that we can take advantage of that, as Brother Phil was reminding us this morning. We have a Father that cares deeply for us. And when I'm weak, you're strong. When you're strong, I'm weak. We can lean upon one another in times of, of, of struggle. This morning, if you have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you want to start this race, you see what's, what's awesome about Obeying the gospel is, you're not finished there. That is the first day. When you come out of those waters of baptism, there's a fire shot, and your race is beginning. And you, like Timothy, have to endure. There's going to be mountains that we don't feel like we can climb. There's going to be valleys that will scare us to death. But you know what? You have a battle of believers that's by your side. And together, we can be strong mighty and powerful. We have the Lord that says you can do all things. When Jesus Christ is our shepherd, we shall not have want. And if you want to be a part of this flock and be a part of a church that will live for eternity, come now as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.